us that uh, we're just a Genesis presence, and more than us, he's just Brother Dennis. Amen, somebody. Amen. Anybody, any brothers in here that you're married, you know, you know as well as I do, you know as well as I do that when your wife goes down, amen, it's, it's hard on the husband, amen, somebody, it's hard on us, and so we are just thankful to God for delivering her back to us, and we're just so, so happy to see you. Our youth did a wonderful job representing us at my alma mater, Southwestern Christian College, amen. Y'all can't shout, but I can. Jennifer can. Any number of rams in here, amen, somebody. There we go, amen. We got some rams in here, amen. It's so, so good to, uh, for our youth to have such a good time on yesterday as well. Acts chapter 4, keep in your Bibles there to Acts chapter number 4. We want for you to know if you're here visiting with us, you are our honored guest, and we are so thankful that you have decided to come and worship with us here at the Avenue Web Church of Christ, where we exalt the Savior, encourage the saint, and enlighten the sinner. If the Spirit leads you to do so in your body as able, would you please stand for the reading of God's Word? Acts chapter number 4, uh, beginning at verse number 23. And family, this morning, I want to, for emphasis sake on the text, read from the English Standard Version, Acts chapter 4, beginning at verse number 23, and concluding at verse Verse number 31. If you're there, son, there, preacher. When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles wait? And the people plot in vain. The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city, there were gathered together against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed, Herod, Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with boldness, while you stretch out your hand to heal. And signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Our text is verse number 31. And when they had prayed, the place where they were gathered together was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Is that in your Bible? I want to talk to us this morning from the subject matter, a church that prays together. A church that prays together. On your way to your seat, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. We need to pray together.
Father, this morning, we lift this up to you. We're aware that we cannot make it without you. And Father, as you have prepared this food, it is our prayer that we might eat and eat well and that we might be healthy because of the word which you shall digest. We thank you in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. A church that prays together. Heaven is full of answers to prayer for which no one ever bothers to ask. Heaven is full of answered prayers for which no one has ever bothered to ask. Our theme this morning, if you need one, or subject matter, is prayer. Is prayer. Prayer, when we talk about prayer, let me express it this way. Bill Gates, who is one of the founders and owner of Microsoft, Bill Gates, at the inception of Microsoft, around the same time, there was something that was developed that you and I know as the internet, amen, or international network. And Bill Gates had an email address, as many of us do even today, but it was public knowledge, his email address. And so Bill Gates would get thousands upon thousands of emails every single day. And the day came that he got tired of all of those emails. Bill Gates devised a new system by which his emails would be filtered. And only those in which the system deemed important would make it to his inbox while the others were rejected. I'm so glad that I do not serve a God that operates like Bill Gates. I am so glad that I serve a God that when one child talks to him, he listens to them. But when another child talks to them, he sends it to the trash can. No, we serve a God that, not, that does not receive email, but our God receives F-mail. That is, God does not receive electronic mail, but God receives spirit mail. Amen, somebody. That is, that is it doesn't matter what child of God opens their mouth and prays to God. We can be assured of the fact that when our prayers go up to God, we serve a God that not only is able but is willing to listen to the thoughts, the emotions, and the cares of his children down here on earth. And you need to know that in our text this morning that the Apostle Paul shows, rather, I'm sorry, the writer Luke shows us today that when we go to God, family, we can go to God in prayer confidently knowing that God is ready, willing, and able to answer the concerns and prayers of his children. And Paul, in this text, gives four assurances, if you're taking notes, to help us understand that God is, God will listen. Number one, Luke says, God is sovereign. Somebody say sovereign. Yeah, yeah. God is trustworthy, God hears the request, and God answers the prayer. Y'all got that? Number one, you need to understand, God is sovereign. Now, I need to say this, 
because I want to make sure that we are on the same terms on the outset of this, this lesson. And, and, and I, I, I am very apprehensive about making this statement publicly um, because it's something that we as preachers struggle with. But I want for you to know the struggle and why we struggle with it. Many of us um, in pulpits, we vacillate in our delivery. And we vacillate in our delivery because we are really afraid. And we are afraid that, 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 that there are times where we serve people that don't want to be educated, but they rather want to be entertained. Let me say that one more time. We vacillate because the reality is, is that, that, that some people, when you begin to educate, will, will turn you off and not listen anymore. And so what we have done is that we have substituted education for entertainment in hopes of keeping the attention of the people. That is, so that y'all don't go to sleep. Y'all got, got that right now? And so we want to entertain you so that you don't go to sleep when we begin to educate you. Let me be real clear right now. Somebody might entertain you, but being entertained doesn't mean that you understand what God requires of you. Amen. That is, that is, you can eat cake and ice cream every day if you want to. And it might taste good going down, but you know that if you eat cake and ice cream every single day, it might taste good to you, but it's not good for you. Amen, somebody. I'm saying this on the outset because I want you to know that when we talk about the sovereignty of God, that I'm not going to feed you McDonald's. We going to Ruth's Chris today. Amen, somebody? Hey, hey, yeah, amen, somebody. Yeah, we going to Ruth's Chris today. I'm not going to feed you no fast food. I, I've been in the kitchen cooking this thing. Amen, somebody. Amen. So, so, so I want you to see that, number one, Luke says that God hears our prayers and God is able to answer our prayers, and we can be assured of that, number one, because God is sovereign. When I talk about sovereignty and sovereign, God is sovereign. What I mean is that God reserves the right to do all things according to his pleasure. Let me say that one more time so you can get that in your spirit. God is sovereign which means that God reserves the right to do things not according to your pleasure, but according to his pleasure. Hey, do y'all get that? Let me, let me explain this way. That is, that is now, that is, when I talk about sovereignty, understand God is omniscient. That is, God knows everything. God is omnipotent. That is, God is all-powerful. Y'all following this? Yeah, yeah. God is all-knowing. God is all-powerful. Now, the skeptic would say, Brother Ross, okay, two things are not adding up. God, you say, is all-powerful. God is all-knowing. God is sovereign and in control of everything. If that be the case, preacher, explain to me how God is all good, but there is evil in the world. 
Did y'all catch that? Amen, somebody. Amen. If you've ever talked to some folk about Jesus, they will bring this up. That is, how is God all good, but yet God allows evil in the world? Let me explain it this way. God is all good. God is all powerful. God is all knowing, and God is still in control. But because God is all of that, that did not mean that he took away your ability to make the choice between right and wrong. Amen, somebody. God knows everything. God knew what you were going to do before you knew what you were going to do. But God still gives you the choice to choose between good and evil. Y'all act like I ain't preaching. Can I help you out right there? That is in the garden. God creates everything, and God says it's good. He created night and day, says that is good. He created vegetation and animals and said that that is good. God creates man and woman, and he says you can eat of everything in the garden. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day in which you do, you surely shall die. And what happened? Amen. Somebody, somebody would ask me, Brother Ross, well, there it is right there. That is, that is, and you would see right there. That God created the garden, and God, everything he created was good. But though God is good, God still gives you and I boundaries. Okay, somebody ought to help me. Yeah, yeah, God gives us boundaries. You can eat everything, but of the tree of the knowledge and good and evil, you shall not eat. Now, why does God, in all of his goodness, give us boundaries? It is because God does not want spoiled children. Yeah, 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 spoiled children. Now, now, we talked about this in Bible class. Let me just help you out. When I say a spoiled child, let me be real clear. Oftentimes in our culture, when we talk about children being spoiled, we're talking about a parent that just provides everything a child wants. Amen, amen. It is what it is. Amen, amen. But I want you to know something. That might be the first half of the definition. But it definitely is not in totality what the definition is. To be spoiled is not to receive everything you want only. It is to receive everything you want. And the giver did not require anything of you. Okay, I just helped a parent right there. Amen, somebody. How do you spoil a child? You spoil a child by giving them whatever they want. But you did not require anything from that child. Okay, y'all ain't feeling me right now. That is, they can bring home whatever grades they want to bring home. And you still going to go by the Xbox game. Amen, somebody. They can stay, amen, amen. They can be as disrespectful to the teacher as they want to be. Do I have five or six teachers that can help me testify? They can be as disrespectful to the teacher as they want to be. And you still going to go out there, not next week, but the same day, and put brand new Jordans on their feet. Amen, somebody. Amen, somebody. That is how you spoil a child. But God says, even though I give, I'm not just giving and just giving and just giving without requiring anything of you. I'm going to give, but I require you to obey me. I just helped a parent in you raising your children. Amen, somebody. It ain't nothing wrong with you giving your children, number one, what they need, and number two, sometimes what they want. But when you give to them, there are to be some things in which you require from your children. Make your bed up. Amen, somebody. Clean up your room. 
uh, uh, bring home some good grades. If you can't do that, go to tutorial. And I'm sorry, I'm getting excited right here, amen, because I've been teaching a long time. Let me just go right here. Even if you can't learn math, the one thing you can do is be respectful to your teacher. And I'm sorry, I, amen, somebody. I'm sorry, I got happy. That ain't even my lesson, but I got happy right there. And parents, and parents, hear me. And I know it's some of us in education, you can help me testify right now. Your child might not do well in English. They might not do well in social studies. They might not do well in math, science, or reading. But what they should always do well in is respect. And respect don't start at the schoolhouse. The respect starts at your house. Amen. I could close right there. Amen, somebody. Amen, amen, somebody. Amen, somebody. Respect. If your child don't know anything else when they leave your house, they should know how to be respectful to people. Amen, somebody. Amen. And I know, I know. Oh, Brother Ross. Oh, that's old school. Oh, Brother Ross. Oh, that's old school. Let me tell you something right now. Respect and a good attitude will take you further in life, amen, somebody, than many of the other things. You might not know math, but be respectful, amen, somebody. You might not know science, but say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, and no, sir. Well, Brother Ross, that's southern. That we, we're, I'm from the north. I'm from the west coast. We, we really never had to, had to say that. Yes, ma'am, will take you a long way, amen, somebody, amen, somebody. Yes, sir, will take you a long way in your life. Being respectful to people. telling you right now, if you don't require nothing else from your children, I'm going to tell you, you ought to require your children to be respectful to you. And when they are respectful to you, they will be respectful. It ain't the coach's job. It ain't the teacher's job. It ain't the principal's job. It ain't, ain't, ain't nobody else's job. That is you as the parent. It is your job to teach your child respect. Because it is hard for me as a teacher to teach math to a disrespectful child. Amen. 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 That, that was, amen. That was, that was just free. Amen. That was free. I just gave that. I put that out there. That wasn't. That wasn't even here. Amen. That was just, amen, amen, amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But listen. Yeah. Lord, have mercy. Oh, Jesus. I could say that. Amen. I could. I could say that. But listen, we got to move on. Listen. God is sovereign. That is, God is in, uh, in control. I'd mess this whole lesson up. Amen. Listen. Um, yeah, I'd mess this up. Listen, listen. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. I got off. I'm sorry. Forgive me. But listen, God, God is sovereign. That is, God is in total control. Now, that helps me as a Christian. Because what it helps me in my life to understand is that even when my life is out of control, I serve a God that though I'm out of control, God is still in control. Amen, somebody? Though there are circumstances that are out of my hands, I serve a God that a whole world is in his hands. Amen. That we serve a God that that is that is in control. Ross, why, why are we going here? Here's why we're going here. Let me give you some context. And what you got to understand is that the story that we're talking about this morning in Acts chapter number four, that this story did not start in Acts chapter number four with the church praying. The church prayed after this happened. Acts chapter number three happened. 
The Bible says at the time and hour of prayer, Peter and John were going up to the temple to pray. And on their way to the temple, they're getting ready to enter. And there is a man that had been brought there that was lame. That is, he couldn't walk. He couldn't, he couldn't move on his own. So he had to have somebody carry him. He was sitting there, and he and Peter caught eyes. And the man looks up at Peter about to ask him for something. And Peter says, silver and gold, I have none. But what I do have, I give unto you. In the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. The Bible says that the man got up. But when he got up, he went in the temple, jumping, leaping, and praising God. Can I say that one more time? He didn't walk in the church. He was jumping. He was leaping. And he was Praising God. Somebody ought to help me. Amen. Amen. Now, I know somebody here got a problem with that. Wait, wait. He was doing what in the church? Let me be clear. The man was 40 years old, and he had never had the ability to be able to walk under his own power. But when God allowed him to get up and do what he had never done before, he was unable to be dignified and, and, and act right. Amen, somebody. But he started jumping and, and leaping and, and giving God some praise. I need to tell somebody right here that when God gets you up off your sickbed, when God delivers you from that surgeon's knife, when God brings your marriage back together, when God brings home a child that you have been praying for and praying for, you ought not walk. You ought to have some leap. Amen, somebody. You ought to have some leap. But the Bible goes on to say that some people saw this and they got mad. And they say, wait a minute, by what power have they done this? They bring Peter and John and they bring them before the chief magistrate. And they say, what, by what power have y'all done this? And Peter and John begin to preach, telling them about Jesus, the one that they crucified simply two chapters ago. The Bible goes on to say when they are preaching to them about Jesus, they throw Peter and John in prison. And then they start meeting together. And they say, wait a minute, we got an issue. The issue is, everybody saw this man get up. Everybody saw this man was the one that's been here for over 40 years. So now what are we going to do? And they say, okay, we got it. What we're going to do is we're going to threaten Peter and John, and we're going to tell them no longer to speak in the name of Jesus. They brought Peter and John back in, and they say, listen, listen, y'all can go free, but y'all better stop talking about that Jesus and telling people about Jesus. Peter and John, they say, brethren, if it is up to man and if you want to judge whether it's right for us to be quiet, that's up to you. They said, but we cannot stop talking about what we have seen. Somebody should have shouted right there. That is, God has done some stuff in our life that we simply can't be quiet about. God has brought me from such a long way that I, I can't keep my mouth closed. Every opportunity I get to tell somebody about how good God has been to me, I got to open up my mouth and I got to tell somebody. Let me be clear. Some of y'all seem real quiet right now, and I know why. Because if God has never done anything for you, I know why you're quiet. If God has never made a way out of no way, I know why you're quiet. If God has never dried your crying eyes, I know why you're quiet. If God has never been the food on your table, I know why you're quiet. If God has never been a partner in a lonely bed, then I know why you cry. But if anybody like me, I make two, you make one, can testify that it's nobody but the grace of God that has brought you from where you are. You can't help but tell somebody. Amen, somebody. Amen, somebody. Listen. Amen. Listen. 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 God 
is sovereign. Not only is God sovereign, church, but God also is trustworthy. Somebody say trustworthy. Yeah, God is trustworthy. Now, here it is. Ross, how do I know I can trust God? Ross, how do I know that I can trust God? Let me be real quick. Go back to your Bible. Let me show you. Acts chapter number 2. And I want for you to look at verse number 24. Acts 4, verse 24. Acts chapter 4, verse number 24. All right. All right. Are y'all there? All right, here we go. Here it is. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles worship? Wait a minute, y'all. You got to see this because I want you to miss it. What they're saying is, listen, we are seeing something being done now that we read when we was in Sunday school. Let me say that one more time. This is interesting that we are seeing some stuff being done and it's kind of reminding us of something that we read in Sunday school. What did we read in Sunday school? Look at it, y'all. Why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. Watch verse 27. For truly in this city, there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel to do whatever your hand and plan had predestined to take place. Family, why can you trust God? You can trust God because of this. When God says it, you better believe God is going to do it. Let me say it one more time. When God says it, you better believe God is going to do it. They're sitting back saying, wait a minute. We're seeing some stuff take place. The same thing that God said would happen in the Old Testament is the very same thing that we're seeing happen right now. So you know what? I can trust God. Because God is a God that doesn't say stuff for anything. Anybody ever had somebody lie to you before, amen, somebody, and tell you what you want to hear just to get you to shut up long enough for them to get away from you, amen, somebody. But listen, God is not that type of God. When God says it, amen, somebody, you can trust that God will bring it to pass. So they say, wait a minute, we can trust God because his word is true. When God spoke it, God did it, amen. And that is, that is, I can, I can trust God. I know we can trust God. And you better believe you can trust God. And trust for God works this way. Listen, in City Corp, City Corp Center in New York City, when they were, when the, when the engineers were building this building, amen, it's a, it's a, a high-rise, a skyscraper in, in New York City. And anybody in here, if you've ever been into a, a tall skyscraper that's over 100 stories tall, you know that when you start getting up toward those higher floors, that you know when it's bad weather, amen, somebody, because you feel that building, amen, amen, yeah, you begin that building, begin to, begin to sway, and what began to happen was they were getting a lot of complaints from the employees because of the massive sway of this building where people were getting sick having to, to go home. So when they built the city court building in New York, understanding how, how uh, the swaying of the building would happen, though it is safe for the building to sway, but it is uncomfortable. What they did, the engineers, is they actually went up on top of the building and they put, watch this, a 
400 tons concrete ball, 400 tons concrete ball that was suspended by springs and is able to move freely on oil. Why did they do that? They did it because of a scientific principle called inertia. That is, when the building sways back and forth, because it has something on top of it, the building is still going to sway, but it will not sway to the point of discomfort. Somebody should have shouted right there, because that is what trust in God will do for you. Your life will still sway, and sometimes it will seem that it's out of control, but God is on top of you, and though you're swaying, God won't allow the ride to get, un- amen, somebody, uncomfortable, uncomfortable for you. Listen, not only, not only is God sovereign, understand this, that God will hear your request. God will hear. Go to Acts chapter number four. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. Watch this now. Verse 29. And now, Lord, look upon your servants who continue to speak your word with boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal. And signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered was shaken. Did y'all catch that? And they were all filled with the Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Let me give it to you this way. God hears your request. Brother Ross, how do I know that God will hear my request? Well, let's use a principle here. Let's use um, an outline here. Notice this. When the church prayed, they did not pray for removal from their circumstances. They prayed for resources in their circumstances. Can I say it one more time? They did not pray for removal from their situation. They prayed for resources while they were in their situation. Y'all got that now? They didn't say, Lord, give us the ability to run from what we're going through. They said, Lord, give us the resources to deal with what we're going through. Y'all getting this now? Yeah, yeah. And watch this now. I know that God heard them. Because the Bible says that when the prayer went up, then the room that they were in was filled with the Holy. Okay, y'all ain't feeling that yet. Let me me tell you what I'm talking about. Watch this now. Their prayer goes up. God, give us the necessary resources to go through the mess that we in. And when they pray for this, God didn't give them what they necessarily wanted, but God gave them what he knew that they needed. That is, God didn't give them legs to run. God gave them the spirit to stand where they were. Amen. Now, somebody should be asking me, Brother Rob, why did God, why would God give them the Holy Spirit? Why, when they asked for strength, did God give them the, the Holy, the Holy Spirit? Let me help you. Go to Romans 8. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Go to Romans chapter 8 and look at verse number 26. Romans chapter 8, I want y'all to see this now. They prayed and God gave them the spirit. Now, look at Romans chapter 8, and I want for you, I want for you to look at, uh, no, 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 go to verse number 23, 23. Okay, y'all there? You see that? I'm there preaching. All right, here we go. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit groan inwardly as we await the adoption of sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now, hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, 
we wait for it with patience. Okay, look at verse 26. Now, let me tell y'all right now. If you ain't heard nothing I said, I, I, I think y'all going to leave this church today with two things on your mind. Teach my child respect. Amen, somebody. Amen, somebody. Amen. Ain't nothing wrong with you. Ain't, what was his name, y'all? What was his name? Uh, Birdman. Amen, somebody. Amen. 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 Put some respect. Amen, somebody. Put some respect. Look, look. Romans chapter 8. Look, look, look. Watch this now. I hope you leave with this, number two. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Did y'all catch that? Now, what did they pray for? God, give me the resource. And God says, I'm going to give you what you need. And God gave him the Holy Spirit. God, why are you giving him the Holy Spirit? Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. What are you talking about, uh, Paul? For we do not know what to pray for as we ought to. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the heart knows what is the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Amen. Listen, I'm going to be here right now. I don't know about you, but can anybody in here help me? Amen. That is, that is, you've been through some trouble in your life and you have had your heart broken to a point to where you got on your knees to pray to God. But the words just couldn't come together the way you thought they should have. Amen, somebody. That your heart was so downtrodden. That you couldn't get the words out of your mouth to say to God, Lord, I don't know how I ought to pray. But don't you know God has given you a power, amen, somebody, that when you open up your mouth to pray to God, sometimes the words don't come out right. But what God does is that while you're praying, the Spirit hears your prayer. Lord, have mercy. And when the Spirit hears your words, he then goes up to the Father. And he says, Daddy, here's his words. But this is how he should have said, amen, somebody. He should have said, Lord, Lord, have mercy. Watch it. He intercedes for us. Now, intercede is to ask for something. Urgent, pleading, begging, and appealing. That is, the spirit goes to the father, and he begs on your behalf. Amen, somebody. What it is that you need. Now, watch it. Here's a blessing. When the spirit goes to God, he goes to God and he tells God what you need, but you will get it because when the spirit says it, it will be according to God's will. Lord, Lord, have mercy. And whenever something is according to God's will, you better believe that God is going to carry it out. Amen. So watch it. That's how I know that I'm going to get what I need because the spirit intercedes for me. Amen, 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 somebody. Watch it. That's why he gave them, that's why he gave them, that's why he gave them the, 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 um, the spirit family. I want to be clear. What do you need? What do you need? It might not be more money. It might not be a bigger house. Amen, somebody. It might not be a high-paying job. I'm going to be clear right now, and I told you this about two Sundays ago. You can have the big house. But what in the world, what sense does it make if you got a big house but you don't have a home? Amen, somebody. You, you can have the big old bank account. But what sense does it make if you got a big old bank account but you can't go to bed at night worrying about where your money is? Amen, somebody. What sense does it make? Amen, amen. Lord, 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 I'm just praying for a better job. Lord, Lord, I'm just praying for, for, you, to, for you to give me a, a better job. And the Lord is saying, okay, why do you want a better job? Do you want a better job so that you can be off on Sundays and Wednesdays? 
Just, I got real quiet. Amen, somebody. Amen, amen, somebody. Amen, somebody. Do you want the better job so that you have more to give back to me? Or do you want it for your own selfish reasons? Amen, somebody. For your own selfish, your own selfish reasons. Family, when we go to God in prayer, the spirit intercedes. He takes that prayer up to God and he asks according to the will of God. And then we receive what it is that that uh, we need. Family, let me say it to you this way. Um, uh, there was a preacher. Uh, who was uh, uh, on a plane ride uh, to church, and he was uh, the plane went to uh, thirty thousand feet, and it was it was um, leveled off, and it was just cruising at thirty thousand feet at cruising altitude. While the plane was uh, in the air and 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 it was going, um, uh, 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 all of a sudden the plane hit severe turbulence, and uh, man, that plane got to rocking and moving. Y'all know what they do. That plane got to rocking and moving and bouncing and going on, and uh, to the point to where the oxygen mask deployed, and everybody on that plane put on their oxygen mask. And so this preacher was sitting there on the aisle, and y'all, it was this little boy. And that little boy was just running back and forth down the aisle. Amen, somebody, the, 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 the flight attendants told that boy to sit down. That boy would not sit down. That boy was running back and forth, up and down that aisle. And the preacher, he was patient, but he got tired of that little boy. He grabbed that little boy. Amen, somebody. And he said, little boy, you need to go sit down somewhere. Well, amen. We don't know if we're going to make it out of this thing. You need to go sit down and calm your nerves. Anybody got a grandmama like I had? Amen, somebody. If it was raining outside, I said, you need to get somewhere. Thank you. Amen. Y'all were raised like I was raised. Amen, somebody. Now, what me sitting down got to do with the rain outside? I don't know. But grandmama said sit down, so I sat down. Amen, some, amen somebody. Listen, man, man, listen, it's going, it's going, it's going in there. And, and, and he grabbed a little boy. He said, little boy, sit down. And the little boy, and, and he said, well, sit down. Why am I sitting down? He said, man, you need to sit down because this plane might go down. He said, listen, you might go down, but I ain't going down. said, what? He said, you might go down, but I ain't going down. And he said, son, what do you mean I might go down, but you ain't going down? He said, sir, you ain't going down either. He said, now you're telling me I ain't going down. He said, what do you mean? He said, sir, what you don't know is my daddy is the captain. <laughs> you missed your shout. That was it right there. My, my daddy is in the cockpit. And because my daddy is in the cockpit, you can sit here with your seatbelt on all you want to and act like you can't give God no praise. Amen, somebody. He says, but because I know who's in the cockpit, I can get up, I can run back and forth. The stuff that scares you, it don't scare me because I know who's in the cockpit. Somebody needs to hear that. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're going into surgery. Amen, somebody. Amen. You might bring your doctor, your husband, your wife in there, but don't you forget to bring God in there with you. You might be going through marital problems, and you might have to go to divorce court. You brought your attorney in there, and you brought them, and you in there. Don't you forget to bring God in there with you. You got to go down to the principal's office week after week after week. Amen, somebody. Don't you go in there by yourself. You better bring God with you, and if God is in there with you, it does not matter what storms you come up against because when God says we're going over, you ain't got to worry about going under. Amen. 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 Family. Family. God is able. God can be trusted. And in whatever area of your life where you have found difficulty, where you have found strain, where you have found stress, where it seems like there's some stuff just about to take you out. 
My answer to you is, if your first response was not to pray, it ought to be your second response. Pray to God. God, amen, somebody. If I always say amen, amen. Lord, Lord, he done gone crazy. Amen, somebody. Wives, where you at? There you go. Amen. He has gone crazy. He has lost all of his mind. Amen. And I, Lord, 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 I need the spirit to deal with him. Lord, if I go down to that schoolhouse one more time behind this child, Lord, can you please, Lord, give me the, fill me up with the spirit so I can deal with, amen, somebody. Lord, she won't cook. Amen. Now, where my men at? Men, that's you right there. That's you. Amen. 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 I just knew my men was going to, my sisters, amen, every week, my, my sisters, amen, amen. Uh, you know, Lord, help me with this man. My sisters, amen. Now I say, Lord, help me to cook. Hit a brother. I'll talk to you at the church, Ross, whatever we all talk to you. Amen. Don't get in trouble. Amen. Amen. You know your wife. Amen. You know your wife. Amen. Amen. Listen, family, listen. God is trustworthy. God is sovereign. Everything in this world, everything, it is in God's hands. Is God responsible for the evil? No. God is responsible for the good. We are responsible for the evil in this world. But I'll tell you this. Though there's evil going on now, there's a day coming, family. Amen, somebody. There is a day coming where all the saints of God, we won't have to go through this anymore. Amen, somebody. We won't have to go through this stuff anymore. We won't have to deal with the pressures and the evil of this world, folks. We shall see him face to face and live with him together, together in glory. Not only is God sovereign, amen, God can be trusted. God hears us, and God will answer. Here's the reality. It might not be with what you want. Amen, somebody. Lord, give me a man. Amen. Lord, give me a man. Lord, I'm looking for a man. And the Lord says, I'm going to give you a man, but before I give you a man, I need you to get in your right mind. Lord, give me a woman. Lord, give me a woman. Lord, give me a woman. God says, I'm going to give you a woman, but I'm going to give you a job first. Amen. I know I had to. I go to sisters. I go to sisters. I go to sisters. I go to sisters. Amen. 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 Listen. Listen. But you can believe he hears you. You are his child. He hears you. Might not give you what you want, but he will always give you exactly what you need. God is able. God is able to be trusted. And going back to what I said at first, and I I ain't sorry, but I had to put it in there. Your kids might not know math, science, social studies, reading. But teach them It's not an option if your child respects you. That ought to be mandatory. That your child respect you. At amen. As respect you. Amen, somebody. Your you, they learn respect at the home. They respect you first. And respect by itself is fulfilling at your 
amen, somebody, amen, somebody. God bless y'all. God bless you this morning. Listen, you're here this morning. You're here this morning, and you have issues, problems. The Spirit has convicted you that there are issues that you can't deal with on your own. You have tried to handle this stuff on your own, but you know this stuff is too big for you. It might be too big for your hands, but it is not too big for God's hands. We will have opportunity now for you to ask for prayer, that one of our elders, one of our pastors, will lift you up to the throne room of God, that God will give you what you need. You're here this morning, and you're not a Christian. That is, you have not been baptized in water for the remission of your sin. Your question this morning could be, Brother Ross, what do I have to do to be saved? And my answer to you is simply this, repent. That is, you have to have a change of mind. I'm not going to live this way anymore. I'm not going to continue to go against God's word, go against God's will. But I'm going to get myself in line with the will of God. Number two, be baptized in water for the remission of your sin. That is, when you're baptized, God forgives you for everything in which you've done. Okay, somebody should have shouted. Say, amen. Folks will remind you of everything you've ever done. Amen, somebody. Amen, somebody. It's 20 years ago. They said, I remember 20 years ago when you did that. God ain't like that. God wiped your slave clean. You're baptized in water. If you're here this morning, you need prayer, you need baptism. Won't you come? Come right now. You got to finish in the song chosen by our worship leader. God bless you. Oh.